0: Welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm Rylan Stiles, joined by Jacob Harris. Jacob, you're a recurring guest now on the show. You can find Jacob on Twitter at Patrick Mahomely. How are you doing today, Jacob?
1: I'm doing exceptionally well, especially considering for once in, I would imagine, most Chiefs fans' lives, everything just sort of clicked together as it was supposed to or as it ideally would rather than everything just falling apart in maddening ways. So, I mean. At least for the time being, uh, really great. You know, obviously the playoffs are looming, and that's always a little scary, even with as good as the Chiefs are. But for now, there hasn't uh, there hasn't been any heartbreak. So um, as long as as long as there's no more of that in the future, I'll be good. But you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah, can you believe that the Dolphins actually pulled it out yesterday and did the Chiefs a huge favor? I, for one, was very pumped on that episode yesterday. And I talked about uh, Juan Thornhill. We knew he was going to be out for the year, but we didn't know what the injury was. We found out it's a torn ACL, which will probably sideline him until midway through next year as well. Just a devastating blow to that secondary. He was having a great season for a rookie safety. Uh, Just just some sad news there, uh, Jacob.
1: Yeah, and I mean, fortunately, as far as ACLs go, it seems to be something that uh, every player has at least one of in their career at this point. Um, but uh, So it's something they'll come back from, you know, a little uh, uh, qu- more quickly than they used to. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what the actual reason is behind that. I'm, I, like, I, I don't have, like, the stats in front of me about injuries, but I'm fairly sure that, like, ACL tears and, like, Achilles ruptures are way more common now than they were in the past. I don't know if that's just because everybody is... Like in way more CrossFit esque shape than they were back in the day, and they don't got a bunch of extra, uh, you know, meat and potatoes fat around their body or something. I don't know what it is, but everybody seems to be popping a tendon or a muscle somewhere. So, uh, fortunately, like I said, um, it seems to be just a, almost a rite of passage in the NFL at this point. At some point, you're going to tear something. So, uh, I'm sure he'll be back and he'll be. Uh, back on track about midway through next season. It, it definitely isn't something that uh, is advantageous for the Chiefs going into the playoffs, obviously, but uh, I think with the way that the rest of the defense has sort of gelled together, uh, surprisingly so, um, even since the last time I was on here, uh, that they shouldn't miss too much of a beat. Um, but it will be interesting to see what they do to try to sort of patch work his absence.
0: Yeah, and you know, luckily, since it does happen so frequently now, it's also easier to recover from than it had been in years past. I remember Adrian Peterson being the first one that's just like, wow, we can actually recover from these sort of injuries at a higher clip now with the new medicine and, and, and rehab technology and stuff like that. So it's not going to derail his career, I don't think, but it'll be a big blow for the Chiefs in terms of playing football for the next you know eight months or so. But another big news in Chiefs Kingdom was Eric Biennemi is interviewing for jobs again. Obviously, the day after the regular season ends, almost half the league gets fired, it seems like. And always, Andy Reid's assistants get interviewed. And right now, the Giants and Panthers have requested to interview Eric Biennemi. In his press conference today, Andy Reid was glowing about Eric Bienemy and trying to get him a job, trying to get him in a head coaching spot. Now, Jacob, I don't think that Biennemi has... A ton to do with the X's and O's of the offense I think that Andy Reid still controls that 100% but I do think that Eric Bieniemy has a ton to do with connecting to players being a leader and doing all the intangible things like that that could make him a very good head coach
1: oh yeah I I think he has that sort of blend between Strategy and motivator. He's probably like you said, more on the motivator end than Andy Reid is. Like Andy Reid, still obviously he's got like a, a way with players, but he's not that sort of classic like football coach motivator type. Whereas Eric Bieniemy is closer to that, it seems. Um, and like you said, I don't think him leaving would necessarily affect the Chiefs on an X's and O's side um, any more than losing. Uh, any of the previous offensive coordinators they've lost. So Peterson or uh, Nagy uh, has really caused the Chiefs to, hasn't caused the Chiefs to miss a beat at all as far as schematically, because like you said, that's pretty much all Andy. I mean, I know he has the whiteboard where just about any uh, assistant or coaching staff, where I would imagine like even the ball boy could walk in there and draw up some dream play. But uh, it is all him when it comes to the X's and O's. But uh, the enemy does seem to have a sort of connection with the players that, uh, even Peterson or Nagy didn't, whereas you know they were sort of more cut from the, the reed cloth of being sort of quiet and uh, all strategy, and they just sort of uh, uh, were a mirror of, of Andy. Uh, enemy seems to fire up the players in that more sort of traditional motivator coach way, and uh, if you can blend that with some of that X's and O strategy that Andy teaches all of his assistants, I think he'll be able to turn around... Some team that needs a coach fairly quickly. Um, it's just a matter of uh, him finding the right place to fit, right? So it's like, you know, uh, I, I think Carolina'd probably be perfect because that's probably a place where he could start from scratch if he wanted to, or uh, also if he wanted to, he could let Cam come back into the fold with Carolina, and he could probably sort of resurrect his career a little bit because it's been on sort of a shaky ground last couple years. Um, so as long as Cam can stay healthy, he could probably excel in an offense that the enemy would sort of construct. Um, But, like I said, Carolina would also allow him to just sort of clean slate it and do whatever he wanted, which I feel like is probably every coach's sort of dream scenario is to walk into a team and be told, you get to just build this in your image.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to be a good head coach. I don't think that it'll cost the Chiefs anything either. And I think that if this does happen, which it's looking likely, I mean, it looked like he was going to get hired last year by the Jets and then he didn't I think he's going to get hired this year somewhere. I don't know where though. But I think that when he gets hired somewhere, we're looking at Kafka taking over as the offensive coordinator. What do you think?
1: Uh I mean I I would imagine that seems to be the line of succession. Um I mean I know he was somebody who was considered a possibility even before, so I I can't think of anybody else who makes sense in terms of who's been there the longest and has the most familiarity with Andy and the system and, uh, the roster. Uh, I don't know too much about, uh, uh, how he is as a coach. I haven't read too much about like his specific style and where he lies on that sort of coaching spectrum in terms of, uh, you know, how he handles players versus how he handles, uh, the scheme and everything else. But, um, I'd imagine it'll be much like the previous offensive coordinators that Andy's brought uh, under his wing is that within a couple of years, he'll probably have a head coaching job too. It just seems like he's going to pepper the whole league with Andy Reed proteges and uh, eventually retire with like 75% of the league having been one of his coordinators at some point. So um, it's just, it's obscenely impressive uh, uh, how great Andy is at uh, um, turning his assistants into not just head coaches, but like successful head coaches.
0: And he seems to be really involved in, in their success as well, even whenever they leave Kansas City or, or even whenever they leave Philadelphia, in terms of just help, still helping them grow and learn and everything. Uh, so I think Eric Biennemi is going to be hired somewhere. Good for him. I think he deserves it. I think he's a guy that's worked hard. And just just because he wasn't involved in, in all the X's and O's, I don't think, doesn't mean he's going to be a bad head coach. I think, like I said, he has tremendous upside in that mentorship in and in connecting with players and being that motivator uh, he, he has the ability to, to have a speech that makes you want to run through a wall. Where Andy Reid, he's not going to give you that, really. He's, he's going to give you a great playbook and have you go execute it. Uh, but nonetheless, this episode is all about previewing the playoffs. And that's Jacob Harris. You can follow him on Twitter at Patrick Mahomley. I'm Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Jacob, the playoffs are finally here. Let's start in the NFC and the wild card round. Let's right. go to Hopefully. Philadelphia first. Yeah,
1: All right, yeah. Uh, Philadelphia, like, I mean, I don't think anybody expects too much of them just because they are ostensibly, like, an entire team of second stringers and then Carson Wentz. Um, but they have looked at least competent leading up into the, uh, the playoffs. I mean, they did win four in a row against mostly bad teams, and they had to sort of pull those wins uh, from the jaws of defeat each time um but it is in philly the weather's probably going to be bad and even though seattle has been really good this year they have on occasion uh been inexplicably just inconsistent and bad um in the games that they've lost uh now they did play really well on sunday night and they had that sort of instant classic type game with the uh with the with the 49ers but that was you know, at home, and they lost there, and so, I mean, it's a cliche to say, you know, playoff football is playoff football, and anything can happen, but this does feel like the sort of game where I wouldn't be surprised if Philly won, I wouldn't pick them to win, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they, like, squeaked out a win the last minute or something, and then just went on to lose in the divisional round, but, uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd, pick the, I'd pick the Seahawks to win, and win by a pretty good margin, like, 10, maybe 14 points, but, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if Philadelphia figures out a way to uh, to uh, squeak out a win.
0: Yeah, I don't know about you, but I like to play bets. I think it's more entertaining to watch that way, especially whenever there's a situation like the playoffs where there's only a few amount of games on. And right now, as of Monday afternoon, I do not feel comfortable putting money on this game whatsoever. Not because I don't know who the better team is. I think the better team, even with the injuries to both sides, is the Seahawks. But, as you mentioned, I think that the Eagles are one of those teams that can just mix it up and win games that they shouldn't win, especially in the link with those crazy fans you know, helping them out. But at the end of the day, it's Carson Wentz and a bunch of practice squad players on offense. Brandon Brooks is going to be out for the entire postseason. That's going to hurt their offensive line. I don't trust any of their pass catchers. Zach Ertz probably won't play, but if he does, that's a huge lift to them, obviously. I only really trust Dallas Goddard. I, I, I don't really know what to do with this game. I think this is probably my my toughest game to pick. This weekend is the Eagles and Seahawks, but I'm picking the Seahawks to advance.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm right in the same boat. I just like, but it does feel like the one where it's like when I pick games like throughout the season, I sort of there's a few upsets that I'll just pick based on just gut. I don't even have like a logical reason for, and if this is a regular season game, this is one where I might be like, yeah, I'm picking Eagles because it's going to be the upset. Cause there's always the one upset in the playoffs. Um, yeah, but I, I just, I'm not confident enough with the fact that they're so injured that they'd be able to, to beat Seattle, especially when, uh, almost, almost quietly because, uh, um, Lamar Jackson sort of just ran away with the MVP award, uh, for the back half of the season. Russell Wilson has had his best year, Um, He's just looked incredible for the wide majority of the year And while Carson Wentz is still like mega talented He hasn't come close to the sort of production And and some of the plays that Russell Wilson's been making And obviously Russell Wilson has uh, Surprisingly, it being Seattle And they usually are either injured or without playmakers on offense He has uh, more playmakers than Carson has to work with right now So I just can't bring myself to pick Philadelphia
0: and according to our friends over at the Action Network, the Seahawks are a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Philadelphia. I mean, if you're going to pick the Seahawks, I like only giving them one-and-a-half points. Uh, so that might be a, a bet that I actually do place on a Monday afternoon. Who knows? But moving on now, I think the easiest game to pick of the weekend is New Orleans hosting uh, Minnesota. I don't trust Kirk Cousins in a big game. He's a terrible big-game quarterback. He always has been. He always will be. He's not going to change. He's not that good of a quarterback on top of all that. And the Saints' offense is a ton better than Minnesota. I don't think that Minnesota's defense can slow them down. I like the Saints' defense, especially against Kirk Cousins. I think it's a no-brainer to take New Orleans here, but what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think New Orleans is probably going to win pretty big. And it's like Kirk Cousins is one of the most like perplexing quarterbacks in recent memory just because you know, if you just looked at his raw numbers and even his more advanced analytical numbers, he looks like he should be a top 10 quarterback and then you sit down and watch him and it's like, you know, there's always that one player or that one team that is the exception to the rule when it comes to stats and even advanced analytical stats and he seems to be the one for this generation because it is so obvious when you watch him that he's not the guy and they didn't really need a guy who was the guy in Minnesota when they signed him. They just needed a guy who wouldn't make mistakes in the big games and got the job done because they had that defense. They had all those playmakers. I mean, when Minnesota was deciding they weren't going to roll with Case Keenum again and they were going to bring in somebody else, I thought them trading, for, trading with us for Alex would have been the best move for them because if they brought... Alex in, he would have at least not been the guy throwing the bad pick in late games you know I feel like it would have been a similar situation that he had in Kansas City except with a better defense and so that would have put them in a better position to win and on top of that you know Alex wouldn't have been s- subjected to being in Washington which is you know one of the uh, one of the football hells for just about any player I'd imagine but um but yeah I just I can't I can never bring myself to pick Kirk Cousins in a playoff game, much less against the Saints and Drew Brees, who have looked incredible. Even when Brees was out, they looked like they were legitimate contenders. So I can't, there's just no way I could pick Kirk Cousins.
0: And this game, of course, Saints and Vikings, is the biggest spread of the weekend. Saints favored by eight points at home. Again, one of the toughest places to play in the NFL, on top of everything that we mentioned uh, knocking Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. They're going into one of the toughest places to play. It's an isolated game, which Kirk Cousins has never won a standalone game before. So that all factors into it. But let's now move on to the AFC wildcard round. And then we'll move on to the division round conference championship, yada, yada. The AFC, let's start with Buffalo at Houston. Houston favored by three points at home. Yeesh. This is another tough game for me to pick because I don't trust that Bills offense. I also don't trust the Texans, period. They're too inconsistent. At least I know that the Bills are going to give me a great defense. So I guess I'm going to take the Bills in this one.
1: I, I've i gone back and forth. Um, I, I was leaning Texans, and then after the last few weeks, I sort of leaned back Bills just because, um, I mean, I sort of saw this is the game that was going to uh, – um, sort of perplexed me in the wild card round. Um, because it just seemed inevitable that it was going to be Bills Texans. The only question was, you know, who uh, who was going to be the other wild card game, and and I just I like I like Deshaun Watson a whole lot more than I like Josh Allen. I mean, it's blatantly obvious who the better quarterback there is. But like you said, the Texans have been just maddeningly inconsistent, especially I'd imagine for Texans fans um but they are like one of the four teams that beat the chiefs right so it's like they obviously have the talent to do quite a lot um i think i'll probably change my mind by the time uh, the wild card round actually does roll around but as of right now i think i'll probably go with the texans but i'll probably switch back and forth multiple times from now until then
0: yeah it's it's really tough to to pick this one because i do think again much like the situation we had with seattle and philadelphia I think that the Texans, if they're fully healthy, which they aren't, are the better team. I like Deshaun Watson a lot more than Josh Allen. I like that Bill's defense a lot more, but that's the only phase of the of the organization that I like more than Houston. But I just I can't trust that Deshaun Watson, even if he does have Will Fuller, will be who he needs to be. This offense will, will continue to be good. Yeah, I'm sticking with Buffalo in this one.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's like a – wrong pick with this game it's just uh, uh it's two teams that I don't think have any real shot of going all the way but one team is going to move on to losing the divisional round one team's going to lose early and get an early start in their off season, basically and I mean I like I said the thing with Deshaun Watson is he's one of those quarterbacks who plays like every single snap like there's 30 seconds left and he's got to score a touchdown so I mean I like that in the playoffs especially so I mean, that's kind of why I'm leaning towards them, just because, I mean, whoever they whoever the Texans play in the divisional round, it being the Texans and it being Deshaun Watson is going to make it a lot more fun game to watch. Uh, so that's why I'm just going to sort of roll with the Texans for now because I'd just rather see them move on than watch the Bills in the divisional round.
0: No, I totally agree with that. I, I enjoy watching the Texans a lot more than I enjoy watching the Bills. I think that the Bills are actually a very boring team to watch. Uh, and And you said it best whenever you said that, there's no wrong pick because I, I would have laughed at you or anyone if they would have picked the Vikings. but I don't care if you put Buffalo or the Texans. I think that they're the same to me. I mean that this is a this is a game that in which that there is no wrong answer and we're actually on the opposite sides if you're going with the Texans because I'm going with the bills. And lastly in the wild card round, the New England Patriots who are the three seed but feel like the underdog at home against the Tennessee Titans. This game is also tricky, but not because, again, they don't know who the better team is. The better team has been proven to be the Texans. I mean, excuse me, the Titans. It also is the Texans, but the Titans, I think, are a much better football team right now than the New England Patriots are. The Patriots got the feast on the AFC East and the NFC East, and their record's are a lot better. But in terms of who the better team is, I think it's Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. But no. that football, oh, sorry about that, but no, the no, football that... side of me, realizes that that Bill Belichick is going to have something up his sleeve that we haven't seen yet this year and now it might not work because they're not that talented this year but he's going to have something up his sleeve and it's just it's a hard game to pick in that way because you feel like every year we say the Patriots are dead the Patriots suck and and it always looks like it's true this year more so than years past but can I trust Ryan Tannehill I'm gonna let you make your pick first
1: yeah, the the question there that you just posed at the end is essentially the reason why I'm picking the Patriots, because I feel like Ryan Tannehill is that quarterback that you get once every year or two who fills in at the back end of a year, and he has an incredible run, and nine times out of ten, that quarterback doesn't get to then play in the playoffs. It's usually a team that has been so awful that they've replaced their quarterback that they don't have any chance of contending, and so the quarterback kind of comes in playing with the house money and it doesn't really matter. He doesn't have a lot of pressure on him. It's one of those situations, right? It's like the same thing with semi-similar like Nick Foles, right? When Nick Foles came in to fill in for the Eagles, he didn't really have any pressure, no expectations. If they lost in the first round, it would have been, well, we lost our quarterback, you know, so there's you know, no harm, no foul sort of thing. But he was able to take them all the way to the Super Bowl. But their talent in Philadelphia that season was way higher than what they have in Tennessee and even though Ryan Tannehill never really had a great team around him in Miami I don't think he's the quarterback that we've been seeing the back half of this season I think he's a lot closer to the quarterback we've seen the rest of his career like maybe the height of some of his days in Miami is closer to who he really is and so I think we'll probably see something closer to that in the playoffs because as we all know Like you said, not only does Belichick always have something up his sleeve, but nobody's better at game planning and eliminating a strength than Bill Belichick. And so he's going to know exactly how to uh, counter anything they're going to try to do with Tannehill or or Henry or anything on that offense. I think this is that team that surprised everybody on the back end and is going to be sort of the attractive pick because they did surprise everybody and you know new england just got done losing to miami so of course they'll lose to tennessee but i just don't see it i think brady and belichick's experience is going to win out i think that the titans are going to look a little inept on offense especially uh on defense they'll probably still hold brady to a low scoring game but it's going to still be a multi-score victory because i just i I can't imagine the Titans putting up a whole lot of points on the Patriots defense when it's playoff football. And plus I do very badly want the chiefs to beat new England in the playoffs in Arrowhead. And obviously they can't do that unless the Patriots win. So I'll take the Patriots.
0: Yeah. You know, if you take away the reputations and you take away the mascot, I think I'm taking this Titans team. But whenever you put back into the perspective You know, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, the mystique of Foxborough, even though Ryan Fitzpatrick just went in there last night and won. I've got to take New England to to win at least one playoff game. And it's going to be only one playoff game, because as you alluded to, they're going to play the Chiefs in this scenario. But I'm still taking them to beat the Titans. Let's move on to the divisional round. I have Ravens-Bills, Chiefs-Patriots, 49ers Seahawks and Packers Saints
1: then I uh, ostensibly have the same uh, divisional round except flip out the bills for the Texans against the Ravens so we've got a very similar uh, second round here with me just having one game that's different but I would imagine our results in that game in terms of who wins will be the same so uh, but we'll see
0: yeah, I'm taking the Ravens to win that game. Let's let's start there. The Bills defense is interesting, but it's the problem with the Bills that I think that the Texans that the Chiefs overcome is the Bills have the defense to slow down that running game, I think, in the playoffs, but they don't have the offense that can get, that can get up on the Ravens and get them out of their element because what you need to do to beat the Ravens, I think, is get up offensively by 2-3 possessions. And force Lamar Jackson to have to throw the football, which the Chiefs have done both times that they beat Lamar Jackson, is have him throwing the football, and it's resulted in wins. So I don't think that the Bills can do that offensively. I think that the Ravens struggle in the first half of this game, kind of sleepwalking after they've been off for this week. Uh, they'll have practice week next week. They were off all of last week. I think that, you know, they'll, they'll sleepwalk in the first half, then blow them out in the second half. You know, win comfortably, I should say, not blow them out, but they'll move on to the Conference Championship game.
1: Yeah, I don't see the paid, honestly, I'm sorry, I don't see I to see the Ravens uh going uh, uh going down to any team that they would face in the divisional round. They just they're just uh too good on both sides of the ball. Like they got a great defense. Their offense is obviously very unique and it's explosive in its own way and they've been borderline unstoppable for the entire season and they're even more unstoppable now than they were the first half of the season and you know the Chiefs saw them like way early in the season and who they are now offensively is even more juggernaut than what they were then and everything seems to be clicking for them they can't seem to do anything wrong so i think whoever they face uh in the uh in the divisional round is going to amount to an easy victory for them and they'll just waltz into the conference championship and the Super Bowl on the AFC side is going to run through Baltimore. So I think that's kind of an inevitability at this point.
0: Yeah, I think that everything you said is correct, and they'll be hosting the AFC title game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that there's no way that the Patriots can beat the Chiefs, although in the playoffs anything can happen, and especially if you play the Chiefs. you will just magically have self-passing quarterbacks that score touchdowns whenever they throw it to themselves. Uh, The Colts, okay, we can go through the list of all the terrible ways that the Chiefs have lost playoff games, but they're just a better team than the Patriots, and it would be sweet, you're right, to beat the Patriots in Arrowhead in the playoffs. It'd be awesome, and I think it's going to happen. I think that the Chiefs are going to knock off the Patriots. It's just as simple as that they're a better team. I don't know how else to deep dive into it. I think that they are a better offensive team. I even think that they're a better defensive team whenever you play them as a unit. Because, you know, you have to go up against that Patriots offense rather than that Chiefs defense, uh, Chiefs offense. So I've got the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I do too. I think they're also the other team that from the start of the year has been the inevitability. Um, I mean, I think the Ravens, I don't think everybody saw them as that when the season started, but I think within the first few weeks it started feeling like they were inevitably going to be in the conference championship as well, at least to me. And it was going to be whether that uh, AFC title game was in Arrowhead or in Baltimore Um, and I mean like I think that'll be the end of Brady in in New England Um, I think he probably does in fact end up in Los Angeles like I was sort of theorizing the last time I was on here which I have noticed um, that that has become something other people have sort of uh, um, theorized across the board now so uh, I, I seem to have been onto something there. That 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 was a good home for him. Um, Trendsetter you
0: know, Jacob Harris.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, I I mean my, that was just based on like uh, uh, I always like to do uh, sort of like uh, like the way that the NFL crafts storylines and stuff. And I do think there's sort of a uh, under the table crafting of storylines that happens on occasion. And I'm sure there's been a um, a uh, little thought on the NFL side about, like I said, you know, we need to sell tickets in LA, so he'd be good there. But, um, but yeah, just the fact that that turned out to be semi true, at least in terms of the the rumblings, made me feel kind of good. But, uh, but yeah, I just I, I just don't see him being able to overcome uh, the Chiefs in Arrowhead again, especially since the offense has gone from an absolute liability and absolutely terrible for the Chiefs to not only good but very good. Um, you know, especially the back half of the year, like if you uh, sort of erase the front half of the year where they were all sort of figuring it out and how to play together, and they were still gelling. Uh, what you see now is a lot closer to what I think they'll be going forward, and and that is more than enough to beat the Patriots even last year, and the Patriots last year are a way better team than they are this year. So I just see the Chiefs also easily waltzing into the conference championship game for what I will imagine be. A instant classic level shootout, at least I'd hope so, you know of course, every time you say that is when it ends up you know the chiefs and the Ravens somehow go and put up a ten to three game, but <laughs> i yeah. I would hope that it would result in just an absolute you know fireworks show classic uh conference championship game in Baltimore, yeah,
0: my AFC title game is the same as yours that set Ravens Chiefs in Baltimore. I wish that this game was an arrowhead not because I believe in the whole arrowhead mystique but just because it's it's a lot more fun to play in arrowhead i think than baltimore their fans are fine i'm sure but i just think that the chiefs fans would have done a lot better hosting this event but nonetheless let's move on to the nfc i've got in the uh divisional round 49ers seahawks and packers saints is that the same for you
1: yeah that's the same for me as well and i mean as far as uh the 49ers and and seahawks uh I uh I like that as a rematch of just a, uh this week's game because that was a very very enjoyable game with a with a very uh um fittingly for a 2019 NFL interesting ending but uh but yeah I I I will I would like to see that repeated so um I'm I'm looking forward to that cuz I think that one is uh, very likely so
0: Yeah and I'm going with the 49ers in this game now, I'm not a huge believer in the 49ers in terms of like championship-level team, but I think that they're good enough to beat the Seahawks uh, or whoever they're going to play in this round because obviously they can only play the Seahawks or the Eagles. I don't think that the Vikings even have a chance, but if they were to win, they'd play Kirk Cousins as well in that round. So I think that the 49ers easily take care of their divisional uh, round opponent. That's the glory of being the number one seed, but that's bad as far as I have them going to the conference championship game.
1: Yeah, I'd have him beating Seattle, too. I mean, um, I do think that they're probably, even though they are, you know, the one seed, I do think they're probably a year away from being a fully formed contender. Like, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has quite made the leap that everybody seems to think he has. Like, I don't know, there's something, there's just something so, like, missing with him that's such a little extra something that... You know, it kind of feels the same as when Matt Ryan was at his best, where you're still just like, ah, mm, I don't know. And I don't know if it's just you know, everybody kind of wants the quarterback to be a character at some level and have some personality or be larger than life for one reason or another, and he doesn't seem to, and so maybe maybe that's how maybe that's how he ends up beating you is that you know, everybody else kind of thinks he's a little boring, but it just feels like there's not that extra something there that is the hallmark of the Super Bowl winning quarterback, especially in a field this year that is so full of quarterbacks that have that extra something. And uh, I feel like he probably just needs another full season of snaps and learning and and learning how to um, handle different looks on defense and stuff to really take that next jump into being a true like top 10, top seven or more uh, quarterback. And until he does that, I'm never going to by them to win the Super Bowl, but I could see them uh, finding their way to the conference championship. So I would take them as well.
0: Yeah. I, I just don't see them getting eliminated in this round. I agree. I, I think that the Seahawks problem is that they can't get healthy. I mean, the, the players that they've lost are pretty much done. And the only thing that can happen on, on whenever they play Sunday is them getting more banged up. Cause I think, I think that they're in line for a knockout drag out fight with the Eagles while the scoreboard probably won't be high scoring. I think that the game itself will be very physical uh, and a fun game to watch, but I think that'll also can only really get them banged up heading into this game. Uh, so I'm taking the 49ers here, but you're right; they're not they're not ready yet. They're not ready to compete uh, and and go win it NFC uh, you know NFC Championship. But I think that they're going to win this divisional round. And then in the Packers uh, Saints game you've got Drew Brees against Aaron Rodgers, a matchup that you'd love to have if this was five years ago. But you know, strangely, I think this is this is again a no brainer. I think that this Saints team is going to dominate the Packers. I don't think that the Packers are that good. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is that good anymore. Uh, You know, he struggled to, to, you know, carve up the Lions past events, which was awful. I think that the Saints are going to handily take this game in setting up a a 49ers Saints uh, championship.
1: Uh, When the season, before the season started, I had two Super Bowls in my head, and it was the one I wanted and the one I thought was going to happen. The one I wanted was the Chiefs and the Packers just because the idea of Mahomes versus Rodgers was so attractive. Um, But uh, the one that I thought would happen was Chiefs-Saints. And so um, even though I think probably objectively speaking the Saints should beat the Packers, I'm going to go with the Super Bowl that I want and I'm going to force the Packers through to the conference championship just because the fact that they one at the level that they did this year with Aaron Rodgers not playing quite at his best. He only had maybe one or two games where the Aaron Rodgers of old flashed. Um, I just feel like when you get to the playoffs you'll probably see a different version of him, something closer to what we're used to, and I just want to see one more run out of Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. I want to see one more sort of classic Aaron Rodgers, uh, one or two more classic Aaron Rodgers uh, playoff games, and hopefully see him in the super bowl um obviously hopefully cross fingers to lose but i would that's just the one i want to see so badly that i'm just going to ignore all logic and just base it entirely on emotion and push them through to the conference championship game
0: (laughs) yeah i'll take that one it's funny that you mentioned that because i also had that same scenario i i really wanted an eagles chiefs Super Bowl one of my good friends is an Eagles fan and also because of the Andy Reed storyline but I also truly expected a Saints Chiefs Super Bowl which obviously is still on the table here in the NFC title game I have the 49ers and Saints after what I said about their Seahawks battle I think it's pretty clear where I'm going to go here I'm going Saints in this one to again handle the 49ers I don't think this is going to be a particularly close game now every game in the NFL is pretty much close on the scoreboard uh, it's not like college where the the better team blows you out like LSU did to OU. But I think that they're going to win by about 10 points and you know, n- never really have to worry about it. Uh, traveling to, to San Francisco might be a little tough, but I think that they're going to win this game and go to the Super Bowl.
1: And uh, I obviously have already shown my cards. I, I, I'm going to take the Packers to uh, go all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm going to take them to beat the 49ers um, and uh, go from – uh one of the best uniform uh matchups you could possibly have to i would say an even better uh uniform color scheme matchup that you could possibly have um but uh uh but yeah i just like i'm just going to try to will Aaron Rodgers to the Super Bowl and i mean he might you know obviously will him to Super Bowl to lose but will him to have just three straight classic Aaron Rodgers games all the way to the Super Bowl because i want to see Mahomes versus Rodgers in the Super Bowl i think that is like just the ultimate not only in terms of uh you know old veteran quarterback versus the young gun who everybody compares him to um but you know just they're doing the whole nfl 100 thing right so why not have it be a rematch of the first super bowl they can do all of the um the pageantry they want to leading up to the game i think it would be a big ratings boon for the nfl especially after the snooze fest of last year's super bowl um, but, yeah, I'm just going to I'm gonna will the Packers to the Super Bowl.
0: All right, stop it. You're making me blush. This is too good. But I do think that that Super Bowl would be a, a huge ratings boost, but also payback for Mahomes missing the Green Bay game, and not in the sense of getting revenge on the Packers. But as football fans, we were robbed of that moment that probably won't happen unless it's in the Super Bowl this year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't have that many years left, and the cycle of which that you play the NFC North – isn't conducive to having that matchup happen for another three or four years. I mean, we're running out of time here to see this matchup that we've all wanted to see since last year. So in terms of what I want, I agree with you. I want the Packers to get there, and I want the Chiefs to get there, obviously. And I want that matchup. So I, I love your Super Bowl a lot more than mine. I've got the Saints advancing to the NF- to the uh, Super Bowl uh, from the NFC. And in the AFC, Baltimore hosting Kansas City. You kind of let the cat out of the bag, so I'll let you go first. Who do you got going to the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, I got I got the Chiefs going I mean obviously I mean I mean if we had anything other than the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl here on this Chiefs podcast made up of Chiefs fans it probably wouldn't make any sense so I'm still go, I'm gonna go the Homer route all the way as I'm sure you will as well um, but uh, uh, yeah I just I think it'll be a total like classic just a total shootout um, and it'll be one that uh, that they have replays of for eternity, where Lamar makes a crazy play and then Mahomes makes a crazy play and then both defenses make crazy plays. I'm sure Lamar will have a bad pick in there and Mahomes will probably have a bad pick in there running across his body. And then the wind takes it right to a defender or something like that. I'm sure it'll just be a wild, uh, you know, crazy game similar to that of the, the, the chiefs Rams game, probably not as high scoring since the Ravens like to do a lot of it on the ground, but, uh, just similar in terms of both sides of the ball playing well. And uh, it just being a, a back and forth uh, game all the way to the end, but I just I'm gonna take uh, Mahomes over Lamar just because um, you know he uh, has the experience in this moment now. Already, he's got that uh, he, he's got that knowledge. He's seen more, just a little bit more than Lamar has at this point. Lamar's riding that same high that Mahomes was last year, and in some ways that can be i think a double-edged sword for players right you're riding that high where everybody loves you you're going to be the mvp you know you can do no wrong you know i'm sure next year lamar is going to be on the cover of madden next year lamar is going to have all the commercials and i think at some level that can kind of be like like i said double-edged sword not just for him but for the whole team and so the chiefs this year feel a lot less like the patrick mahomes show and more like the Kansas City Chiefs like a collective you know and i it's, it's a bit of a cliche to say but it, i mean it, i feel like when it, when when the w- now it feels a lot less like teams are scared of facing mahomes as they are scared of facing the chiefs whereas with the ravens much like with the chiefs last year people seem to just be scared of what are we going to do about lamar not necessarily what are we going to do about the ravens and so that sort of singular focus i think uh, sometimes um, cloud some uh, other uh, um, some other things with a team that might not be uh, the most uh, uh, the most positive. Uh, similarly to how um, the Chiefs' defense was sort of hidden and just how bad they were by how good Mahomes was last year. So, uh, not that the Ravens' defense is particularly bad. I just don't think their entire offensive playmaker sort of setup is anywhere near what the Chiefs have, and I think that'll actually be what the edge is in the game.
0: Yeah, and I think that you said it best in terms of a game that will get remembered. I think that this, we've talked a lot about the end of the decade and, you know, it's coming up on Wednesday. I think that this is going to start the decade with a huge game in NFL history. I think that it's going to be, like you said, one that gets remembered and one that gets talked about. Kind of like that Richard Sherman game whenever the 49ers and Seahawks uh, squared off. Uh, And he went over and talked to Aaron Andrews and you had those memorable moments that you can pick out of uh, highlight reels for decades now. I think that this game also has a ton of storylines you have like you said Lamar Mahomes you have Mahomes versus Marcus Peters you have a, a ton of things Andy Reid trying to get over that hump the Chiefs organization trying to get over that hump Baltimore recently has won a Super Bowl so I mean they've been there before Harbaugh's been there before and uh, the Chiefs organization is trying to get back there and you know the last time they won a Super Bowl was Super Bowl one and just all, all the fun stuff that goes along with that I think that this week leading up to the Ravens game will be huge that being oh, said,
1: oh yeah, I was just saying like the the only I was just saying, the only the only two ways that uh, the only two ways I see the Chiefs losing are in very Chiefs fashion, which would be either pick six, like, of, uh, yeah, Marcus pick Peter? six of Marcus Peters or <laughs> uh, Terrell Suggs pulls out a steel chair and hits Mahomes with it and rips off his jersey to reveal the Ravens jersey, and uh, those are the only those are the only two ways that I see it happening. But they would have to be the most heartbreaking, chiefy ways possible and. You know, I, I mean, like as much as I am picking the Chiefs as you are, I'm sure like you, I can just envision the Marcus Peters pick six with the with the clock expiring to uh, to seal the victory. And he's high
0: a, stepping all the way into the end zone. Yeah, and he's uh, doing the stone the cold sign. beer celebration. Oh, my
1: oh yeah, it, it you know, oof, I can see it happening, and I'll just I'll just weep in my in my chair for for the rest of the the evening and probably the next day. And I can like I can see it happening. I can envision it. But the rest of me knows that it's, it, it just is not going to happen. Not this time. But, again, as a Chiefs fan, you know, very well could wake up uh, that Monday and and, and uh, be watching the highlights of the Peters pick six for eternity. So,
0: <laughs> My bold prediction for this game, before I tell you how I have winning, is that both players will make a huge play against their old team, Marcus Peters and Terrell Suggs. No matter if it's a strip sack or just a normal huge sack in the game – matter if it's an interception or just a normal pass breakup and a huge point in the game, I think they're both going to have good games against their former teams. I think that each former team does things conducive to them. Of course, if you run the ball 50 million times, you know, the guy setting the edge is going to make a play or two. So, I mean, Terrell Suggs is going to be, is going to be there to make a play. And, of course, if you throw the ball 50 million times, a guy in the secondary who's going to probably match up against your number one target, if not your number two target, is going to be right there in the middle of things. So I think that that's an easy call to make. In the end, I think this is a back-and-forth game. I think that it's more... I've watched football for a long time, and I have never experienced a game like the Patriots game that was so, not even just back-and-forth, but just so, even for a fan, exhausting. Because you, just, you were so emotionally drained after that game. And it would have been the same way if the Chiefs had won. You would have been emotionally drained after that game. I think that this game, Ravens and Chiefs, will be even more emotionally draining than that game was. I think that this game will be truly down to the wire, but ultimately that experience pays off for the Chiefs and they move on to the Super Bowl, in my case to play the Saints, and in your case to play the Packers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the Chiefs make it. The other, I just came up with this now, um, I'm, I'm just trying to exercise all of the heartbreak demons. The other way that Marcus Peters could finish the Chiefs that would be equally as heartbreaking as the pick six, and this is just specifically for Chiefs Twitter and what I see a lot about Marcus Peters, is you've got Tyreek Hill at the end of the game. The Chiefs need a touchdown to win, and they're way back, uh, backed up in their own territory, but he gets free and Mahomes hits him on a deep ball, and the camera's following him, and there's nobody there. But then out of the frame comes Marcus Peters, and he makes the tackle. <laughs> and the Marcus Peters doesn't if tackle If he makes crap.
0: a game ceiling tackle, <laughs> I will throw something at my TV. I will lose it.
1: So, see, would that not be even more heartbreaking than the Peters pick six? Because we know Peters is, like, an unnaturally talented uh interception machine like he has that he has that like natural unteachable like instinct for the football and so that's just something you'd expect right but especially chiefs twitter could you imagine the meltdown if the marcus peters can't tackle crowd watch marcus peters save the game with a tackle
0: it's like it's like that commercial that taco commercial with like the shells like the hard and the soft taco and then they have that little girl it's like why not both The Chiefs have been so miserable (laughs) over my entire lifetime that while you're saying that, I'm not saying, okay, instead of. I'm saying both will happen. There's going to be a huge pick six and then a huge (laughs) game-saving tackle whenever Tyreek Hill is streaking down the field to avenge the pick six. He's going to get caught by his shoelace by Marcus Peters, who all of a sudden can tackle and has grown Mm. man strength. What's happening?
1: exactly it'll it'll be the it'll be the pick six to give the uh the the ravens the lead with time near expiring and then the chiefs get the ball back and marcus peters then uh uh hits uh tyree kill with an old school madden hit stick at like the one yard line to end the game um (laughs) and, and that's the that's just the chiefs playoff history encompassed in two plays and so like i said if we if we verbalize that now, it exercises the demons and it therefore can't happen. And then if it does happen, we get to say that we predicted it. So either way, you know, there's at least a silver lining. So, If for some reason there's
0: non-Chiefs fans listening to this, now you know how scorned Chiefs fans are because we just both picked the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl for the first time in our lifetime. And the only thing we're talking about is not how magical it's going to be. We're talking about how it could not happen in the most devastating fashions. <laughs> because that's what's going to end up happening. Even though we both have predicted the Chiefs and the Saints to go to the Super Bowl. You pick the Chiefs and the Packers go to the Super Bowl. I'm going to go first because I'm a bit, I think, is going to have an a opposite fan reaction than yours will. I'm taking the Saints to win the Super Bowl over the Chiefs. I think it's a building block year. You got to the AFC title game last year, you lost. You got to the Super Bowl this year, you lost. You make a few tweaks and a few changes, and hopefully you win the Super Bowl next year. I think that the Saints' leadership with Drew Brees and 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 the, the better coach in high moments, I think, is Sean Payton. I think the better coach in the regular season is Andy Reid. I think the better coach in playoff moments, playoff intensity, is Sean Payton. I'm going to go with New Orleans to knock off Mahomes and the Chiefs in a wildly fun Super Bowl.
1: And I'm taking the Chiefs to beat the Packers, and I'm taking it to be the... Uh... Uh, uh, like the proverbial official passing of the torch from the, uh, you know, um, the gun-slinging scramble around make something out of nothing quarterback of old to the one of new. And uh, also, you know, as I sort of alluded to before, as long as the Chiefs wear their road uniforms with the white shirts and the red tops and the Packers wear their home uniforms with the green shirts and the yellow tops, it would also be the most gorgeous Super Bowl in history <laughs> in terms of a uniform matchup, that would just be perfect because you've got the heavy yellow accents on the Packers. you got the very, very minor yellow accents on the Chiefs and the bright reds and the bright greens. It would just be, it would be perfect. It would be wonderful. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I see the jump for the Chiefs to be winning the Super Bowl this year because it's not like they got to the conference championship and came up short because they were outplayed by the Patriots across the board because, as we all know, uh, they actually pretty much did win that game, and then we had D. Ford offsides on a play where his where be- <laughs> where his where his being offsides didn't affect the play. It'd be one thing if his being offsides allowed him to get to Brady quicker and that caused the interception, but his being offsides had no bearing on what happened in that play. So they essentially did go to the Super Bowl last year, and if they did go to the Super Bowl last year, I feel like they probably would have beaten the Rams. So... The fact that they were already a a true Super Bowl contender who probably would have won the Super Bowl last year had they faced the Rams. Now, if they'd faced the Saints last year, which was also the team that should have been in the Super Bowl, obviously, might have been a different story because the Saints were on a run as well. But if they'd faced the Rams, I think they would have won fairly easily. Um, And uh, it's just like I just don't see them, if they get there, you know i i don't see it as that building block year i I see this as the year going forward you know 2020 going forward make the start of the decade and the decade going forward sort of their decade and i do worry about the saints if it would be the saints um in the sense of uh drew Brees getting hurt i think actually in the long run was a good thing for him because last year you could see his arm strength kind of fall off the table a little bit he started fluttering some more ducks near the end there like people forget it was the nfc championship game last year where even though they got that bad call they went to overtime and he threw that pick right so and it was an underthrow and so um uh he seems to have a lot more zip on the ball right now than he did at this point last year and i think that's because he spent the middle part of the season not playing and so the fact that you're gonna get something a little closer to peak Drew Brees would make it a little more worrisome, uh, if it was to be the Saints, but I'm still with all my heart saying it's gonna be the Packers and I think Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl would still be the best version of Aaron Rodgers and you would get just a, a back and forth total shootout, like a a true shootout, just, you know, both both quarterbacks throwing for over three hundred and fifty yards, both quarterbacks getting four or more touchdowns. Um but I just uh see Mahomes being the one to sort of uh, will the team to victory at the end, Um, be it through just a clock-eating drive at the end with the lead or having to actually make that signature Super Bowl drive to win the game. Either way, I think uh, as a flip of last year, uh, the season ends with the ball in Mahomes' hands and he is the one who seals it, like I said, either with a long drive that just takes, uh, takes away the clock at the end of the Super Bowl or... The long drive to score to win, so i think I think we get the flip of last year where Mahomes gets the ball in his handstand this season, so
0: now one more thing we're running up on an hour here, so let's make this one quick because it's kind of just goofy, but I always like to do this thing in the playoffs and I, I just like to say who would the n f l want if 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 the fans are right, and there's a lot of n f l fans that think that somehow Roger Goodell orchestrates every single game and picks the winners of every game and and works his magic to get the Super Bowl matchup that he wants. Who would the NFL want in the Super Bowl this year? And I think that the answer is your pick. I think that the that if the if the NFL got to pick the Super Bowl, if they truly control the outcome of all these games, they would line it up for Mahomes versus Rodgers. Is there any other matchup that I'm missing here that the that the NFL would prefer?
1: Well, if the Patriots were playing at a high level, they would definitely want Brady and Breeze, just because it's Brady and Breeze, and they've been like you know, people have been wanting that forever, um, but since the Patriots aren't playing particularly well, and last year, you know, the the Super Bowl ratings, if I remember correctly were a little bit down, and it was mostly, I think, because about two quarters into the game, everybody was like, ooh, this is a Super Bowl, really? Ugh. And so uh, the fact that even the Patriots couldn't draw a pop there, because the the, the play was so uh, uh, so boring and just lifeless through that entire to th- that entire game. I think that did. Uh, you definitely saw a shift in focus this year in terms of the the uh, face of the NFL sort of advertising to your Mahomes and Lamar Jacksons and Deshaun Watsons and the more exciting younger quarterbacks. And so I do think that if the NFL could orchestrate everything, it would be Chiefs Packers and it would be Chiefs winning. And the reason for that is even though Lamar is the darling right now, uh, you never want the darling to win the year they become the darling because then you've just, you know, had their big payoff way too early. Because Mahomes was the darling last year, he loses in the the, the AFC title game last year, and now he's got to come back and actually do it this year. There's always uh, more money and more ratings in the uh, the the young hero. Uh, failing the first time to then succeed and so the ideal for them would probably be Mahomes gets his championship because he lost last year and then Lamar loses and then in the future he gets to fight for his because he's already essentially um, become one of the faces of the league um, almost overnight much like Mahomes did so I, I think I think the ideal sort of Uh, storyline set up for them is is Chiefs-Packers, not just because of all that, but also because, like I said earlier, it's NFL 100. They're doing this whole, like, history of the league thing. Boom. You've got the first Super Bowl rematch, so.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that it has to be that. Let's end it back, tying it into the Chiefs. We both picked the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl. You picked them to win. Besides Patrick Mahomes, who is your offensive and defensive MVP of this playoff run?
1: Mm, Of the playoff run, I would say... It's probably, like, I think in terms of, like, if it was actually voted for, people would probably vote for Frank Clark because he's on a tear right now. But I think Tyron Matthew is really, like, sort of the leader in the real glue of the defense, and he's really doing something special um, from the safety position. He's floating around everywhere. Um, and on offense, um, I think it's going to be either Tyreek Hill or Juan Thornhill. I think Juan Thornhill is going to, like, really explode, during the postseason i think they're going to use him a lot more yeah
0: okay go ahead
1: oh did i say yeah i said said the wrong name there we go yeah see i i I still (laughs) have in my brain what i meant (laughs) yeah but um but yeah uh i think um i think we're gonna see uh i'm losing his name now you gotta you gotta give it to me yeah there we go mccall hardman see that's the thing I've spent the whole year correcting my friends on how to pronounce his name. So, like, I don't know why I'm losing it. Um, but, yeah, I was thinking rookie, and so there you go. But, yeah, McCall Hardman, yeah, he's going to have... Um, I think he's going to have a big postseason. I think, um, not to be like... I don't think I don't think Andy Reid keeps as many plays close to his chest that he just sort of hides in his vault as people think. I think it just varies based on who they're facing, like what scheme fits best for his opponent. Um, but I do think there's probably some... There's probably some uh, Mikko Hardman sort of plays that we have not seen, some some looks for him that we haven't seen yet. And I think that uh, the playoffs is going to be the spot to do it because nobody's seen it yet. Nobody's seen the full sort of tree of what he can do, and maybe, maybe there's a lot more he can do in this offense that we haven't seen yet.
0: I really shouldn't have let you go first. We're too similar because I also am picking Hardman. I think that Hardman is going to have an elite kick return, a huge, you know, streak down the field, whenever all your attention is on Tariq Hill, and it just makes people think how are you gonna defend this team when they have two guys at elite in speed? I think that Harmon is gonna have a coming out party in this postseason, and you've seen it in recent weeks at developing, and you know, now they're gonna be able to use him in that kind of gadget role that Tyreek that Hill used to be in, where you're motioning him all around the field and putting him in the backfield and doing all these weird things, and you're leaving Tyreek Hill as just a true number one dominant receiver. I think that he opens up the playbook a lot and he gets his name out there uh, on the offensive side of the ball. On defense, I'm going to go with Chris Jones, and here's why. You can say whatever you want to say about his run defense. I think that throughout this progression of the playoffs that we both have lining up, the Patriots, you're going to get up on the Patriots. The Patriots are going to have to throw the football. Whenever you throw the football, pass rush is, is ever important, especially when Charverius Ward, while he's had a good season, is your best quarterback. And I think that Chris Jones, all throughout the playoffs, against the Patriots, against the Ravens, who again, to beat the Ravens, you need to get up on them and make them throw the ball, is going to have huge performances. And then in the Super Bowl, you're going to play the, either the Saints or the Packers. What do they want to do? Throw the ball. So with every possible matchup that they have, is going to be teams that like to throw the football, or that are going to be forced to throw the ball in the Ravens' case, because they don't like to throw the football. I think they're going to have a huge a huge run in the postseason And you're going to have a lot of people tweeting, pay that man his money, which I think that they should. I think that Chris Jones is the real deal, and he's going to be a disruptive force on defense throughout this uh, few weeks of the postseason.
1: I think that's a good pick, too. I just think, similarly, since everybody's going to be passing, that's where I sort of landed on uh, uh, Tyron Matthew on the back end. I think he's going to have a few of those plays that we've seen where uh, you watch it on film, and you're like, he's seeing something that nobody else saw, right? You know, like where... The, the quarterback's not even thrown the ball yet, and he's already like playing a completely different defense than the rest of the team because he sees something. He saw something on tape the previous week, and he's jumping the route. and I think we're going to see a couple of those. But my wild card for the offense is Sammy Watkins activating his interdimensional powers and <laughs> uh, and and just going off and just having like three straight games like Week One. So <laughs> you know that's that's the wild card there. But uh, and
0: I don't think that you're too far off because while it's not technically a contract year. The writing's on the wall. The Chiefs, as as of right now, are going to cut him, and they're going to be rid of him, and he's going to be on the open market. So it's kind of like a mini contract year in this playoff run, and that always makes players play better. I like that wild card pick.
1: Mm, yeah, I, I think, and, and like I said, I think, uh, uh, I think, I think Hardman does have a little bit of hype coming into the playoffs now, where people are like, people are knowing to watch out for him, and the Chiefs' offense is just that type, right, where we just talked about the Chiefs offense and who's going to impact it, and we didn't even mention Travis Kelsey and they've got to worry about him too so it's just like you know you cover Ty- you cover Tyreek and McColl to keep them from you know taking the top off your defense and then you've got Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey running drags and slants all day long and picking up eight to ten yards at a time so you know it's just pick your poison once you know we get to the playoffs and everybody's healthy so
0: well this was fun That was Jacob Harris You can follow him on Twitter At Patrick Mahomley I'm Ryland Stiles You can follow me on Twitter At Rylan underscore Stiles. Jacob Do you have any final words On this beautiful Monday Where the Chiefs Are the number two seed In the AFC
1: Uh I mean Other than I feel like Having been historically A Chiefs fan That uh That I'll probably wake up From the dream That That <laughs> everything went right For the Chiefs And we're gonna be back In the three seed Um But uh uh i do I do actually think you know this is the first this is the first time i think ever that I can say that I'm picking the chiefs to win the Super Bowl and it's not exclusively based on feeling and heart like I, there's no there's no but to it you know the only but to it is the history of knowing what happens to the chiefs in the playoffs but the only team the only team that that matters for is the team that was there last year and most of that defense is gone right like the two thousand three chiefs do not affect this Chiefs team. It just affects us as fans. So, you know, it's like uh, I, I do feel like, from an objective perspective, this is the first time in my life that I can say this is the year they win the Super Bowl because they should win the Super Bowl. There's no but. So, yeah, that that's that's just uh, I think I think this is their year and their decade as a whole. So,
0: I totally agree. And I just want to rejoice for a second in the fact that the Chiefs did not get hit with that Saturday afternoon playoff game in the divisional round. Uh, because, frankly, I'm selfish, and I really was hoping that they wouldn't get that slot, and they didn't. They're going to play on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, but I have to work on Saturday afternoon. I have to cover a college basketball game. So that would have been very devastating for me if they were playing the Patriots uh, at Arrowhead on a Saturday afternoon. So, thankfully, thank you, Roger Goodell, and the powers that be that did not let that happen.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also I also only get Sundays off. Like, I, I get... Sunday I, I I when the football season started I shifted my availability I could pick one weekend day where I shifted I picked I, I could work Sundays but only after four so I was like that's my that's my sweet spot there and it's worked out all year I haven't missed any chiefs games and this was the one where I was also like ugh, I could open my schedule and I could be working Saturday and they could be playing Saturday but sure enough the 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 stars aligned and I too will be able to just sit down and, and watch the Chiefs. You know, it was making me nervous Patriots. that
0: everything's going right for us right now. I mean, <laughs> exactly, everything's yeah. lining up too good for Chiefs fans.
1: It's all lining up so we can watch them just get destroyed by whatever team they play. So, you know, it's watch just the
0: Patriots come in here and just dominate them <laughs> by twenty points, and we're sitting here talking about the Super Bowl. They can we even get out of the divisional round. I mean, please.
1: Yeah, he's been it's 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 uh, infinity dimensional chess with Belichick. They've been <laughs> they've been playing possum all year, and just been waiting to unleash.
0: Yeah, they've been playing just good enough to get by, and now they're really going to put the foot on the gas in
1: yeah. the playoffs. That whole, like, riff between Brady and Belichick, that was all just to keep you guys guessing. You you Like, you keep you guys thinking that there's something wrong here. We're really yeah, going to they, they come
0: out holding hands and Kumboyah and Arrowhead. And, yeah. And just, oh, man, this has been fun, though. <laughs> Again, that's Jacob Harris. You can follow him on Twitter at Patrick Mahomley. I'm Rowland Styles. Be good and be good to another. And we'll see you again on Thursday for the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, a part of the Fanside Podcasting Network.